Hi, and welcome to the podcast version of Between the Lines. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to hear or see more episodes and become a patron to get exclusive content and help keep our program going, just visit barrykibrick.com. Enjoy. There's a moment in all of our lives when we experience a wake-up call, a time when the terra firma beneath the normal ebb and flow of life is shaken or stirred. That's how Rabbi Daniel Cohen begins his book, What Will They Say About You When You Are Gone? Now, personally, I'm not going anywhere soon. And if I did, I would love to steal the line that Dolly Parton used when a reporter asked her what she wanted people to say about her a hundred years from now. Her response, she looks damn good for her age. But the truth is, we all do search for meaning. And while we are here in the now, that's the meaning we're searching for. I'm Barry Kibrick, and we will dig deep into living the best life we possibly can. Between the Lines with Barry Kibrick is made possible in part by Patreon. Patreon helps creators build and run membership businesses. From podcasters to writers, musicians, artists, and more. With tools that allow their fans to become patrons. More information is available at patreon.com. And by Magic Jigsaw Puzzles. Over 25,000 puzzles and different jigsaws every day to solve. Learn more at your app store. And Between the Lines with Barry Kibrick is also made possible by the following contributors. A complete list of funders is available at barrykibrick.com. In the opening, I mentioned Rabbi Daniel Cohen and his book and the question that he leads off with it. And the second he follows up with is this. How can I lead a more fulfilling and meaningful life? And during our time together, I'm going to be using many of his questions from his book, but delve into my own thoughts and beliefs. And I believe it will cause you to do the same type of stirring of that gray matter in our heads. For we want more out of life. That's an innate desire to lead a life of lasting influence. And it resonates universally. We all possess a deep-rooted desire for a life of purpose. The question is, how do we retain that feeling? That, by the way, is a situation I have to deal with on, on so many aspects of life. How do you retain the good, positive feeling? In this case, how do we organize and orient our lives around our inner aspirations and actions every day? How do we unlock the spark that lies deep within ourselves? Now, we are endowed with the gift of free choice. So every day and every encounter can be one that potentially will shed additional light on one's mission. We write our own script after all. What if we could develop a strategy for living that would ensure a life of influence and impact while simultaneously motivating us to live in the moment? 
I have trouble just doing one of those things. So together, we'll see if we can figure this thing out. For we all experience times when we do get a strong sense that there's more to life than our daily routine. How do we hold on to those thoughts, though, and put them into action? We all believe deep down that we're, we were created for a purpose, and we all yearn to make a difference in the world. What if we were to discover our moments every day? Maybe they're even different missions every day. Daniel says if we placed ourselves in a situation of potential impact, it must be because of the innate possibility of realizing the importance of the moment that's outside of ourselves. You see, it's the joy we feel deep down when we sense our actions are fully aligned with a purpose. Every day we encounter new people, new circumstances, new opportunities. Yet, do we ask the question, what did we do to uplift ourselves and those around us? Transitions are hard when confronted with the question of whether we've realized our full potential for making an impact on people and the world around us, we almost to a person feel like we fell short. Yet, one human being in the briefest encounter can change a person's life. I want to tell you a story about a cashier, a cashier who works at the Ralph's where I go shopping. Now, this woman, I can tell, is a very religious Christian woman, and she always has on, I, I don't want to say bling, it's, it's the thing that, the, that Jennifer Aniston used in the, what was it, the office space? What was it? It was the stuff that they put on you, you know, to, to show how proud you are of where you're working. I forgot what it was called. But the point is, when you walk past this woman, and I purposely, no matter how long the line is, I get in her line. When you walk past her and the way she greets you and the way she blesses you to a certain extent, your day is uplifted. So it's as simple as that. Now, we're not talking about, you know, one of the great thinkers of our time or philosophers, a cashier at work that makes our lives better. Our deepest joy emerges when we know we've touched another human being. Our souls soar when we sense we make a difference in the world. The goal of the day is not just getting through it, but unlocking the sparks within it. Now you'll say, Barry, how do I do that? Friends, I don't exactly know, but we're going to pursue it. For it's realizing that one person cannot change the world, but we can change the world of one person every day. Daniel makes a specific point about that. It's about living with a heightened awareness that each day offers a new opportunity to shine. 
for every soul is a fragment of the beginning of time, of the divine light if you're religious, of the Big Bang if you're scientific. As a spark, it's a part containing something of the whole. That's what we are made up of. The essential wholeness cannot be achieved except through the effort of the work we do. Now, that light doesn't have to come from, as I said, the divine, but this thought was one that truly caught my attention. And it's this, urgent matters pass within an hour, but important matters last for eternity. So it may be urgent that a business person be clever, but it's important that he or she be wise. It may be urgent that our children get good grades, but it's more important that they are good people. For every moment and every encounter can affect eternity. I want to tell you a story I learned when I was in college, taught by a great professor. It had to do with a bicycle club in France during World War II. Now, this bicycle club was allowed, even while the Nazis were occupying France, to participate in their, uh, it wasn't the Tour de France at the time, but it was one of the French bicycle races throughout the Alps and things like that. Now, what they never realized was that the people assisting them were literally packing their saddlebags with encoded messages about D-Day. They never even knew it. And yet the effect they had on all of our lives, not only then, but for the future, is immense. But we still seek our purpose. Mark Twain expressed this idea very succinctly when he wrote, the two most important days of our lives are the day we were born and the day we understood why. Ralph Waldo Emerson gives another great example. The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. Personally, by the way, let's throw a little happiness in there anyway, because there's no reason why doing all of that shouldn't make you happy. I want to tell you another story I just heard about. It took place at the very beginning of NASA when JFK in 1962 announced that we are heading to the moon. So he decided to stroll down to NASA and JPL laboratories here out in California at the time. And he saw a janitor sweeping the floors and mopping them. Because if you've ever been to NASA or JPL, you know that you can't have any dust anywhere. Everything, especially they have these encased rooms where you, you got to go through lockers and this thing and put on clothing. But this was just on the outside. And JFK asked this fellow, what was he doing? And this fellow said, I'm help putting a man on the moon. So you see the perspective? When we serve, 
we experience joy. It reveals our purpose and our destiny. J.K. Rowling writes, the famous author of Harry Potter, it is our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. Now, every day we wake up, we are charged with a responsibility to affirm life. Every moment, we're given many paths to follow, and we're challenged with a chance to either elevate our lives and the world around us or not. A choice not taken is also a choice. One of the men I most admire of all time is Winston Churchill, and he remarked, the power of every man has grown in every sphere except over himself. And that's one of my big pet peeves, that it is so hard to feel good even when you're doing good. In this world, in a sense, we are all alone, except for our inner voice. Now, I don't mean that directly because many of us are blessed, hopefully, with great support systems, be them family, friends, teachers. But deep down, it is our inner voice that keeps us going. It whispers to us to be the best we can be and rise to the occasion. You must nourish that inner voice and amplify its sound and significance in our lives. But I want to say something. For many of us, that inner voice is filled with doubt. And I think the best we can do at any given time is truly realize that we are all links in a chain. We're a link to the past, and as Daniel Cohen writes, we're a bridge to the future. When we can fully realize this, and again, as always, it is simple to say, but not easy to do, and Damn, I wish I didn't have to say those words over and over again in almost every time we get together. But it's just the fact. In a sense, it is what makes us human. We really all know better, but can't put it into action. We're going to have to figure that one out. And the sooner we do, the better I'm going to feel. Now, Daniel also writes that human beings consist of two inclinations. The first is our inner voice calling us to be our best. And the second urges us to follow the path of immediate gratification. Now, here's where I veer from Daniel's thinking. For if we only had two inclinations we'd all know which to choose. The problem is we have hundreds, it's truly thousands upon thousands of inclinations running through our minds at all the time. And quelling all that noise 
is truly a real life struggle. The internal struggle is the battlefield of courageous choices if you make them. Yet when we're so cluttered, even when we make the courageous and correct choice, we still oftentimes can't feel satisfied for another one is coming just around the corner. So my wife and I, we decided to celebrate even the smallest of victories and to do so every day. Sometimes that may simply be, darn, this martini tastes good, <laughs> but we do our best. And although she must remind me at least six times a day that I shouldn't be judged against someone else's life but my own, I wish I could say that solves the problem. But that's why she has to remind me every single day a number of times. For whatever reason, the longest distance in life is between our heads and our hearts. Now, of course, if we can find the time to turn off the outside world and tune into our inner world, it might help. I do believe that those who meditate and do other things to keep their inner voice on a more correct path can achieve it. I just have a problem with it. And this is one of those times I wished I was the only one. However, I know I'm not. But whether you're a believer in a higher power or not, we all know deep down that life has a purpose. Great atheists know life has a purpose. Can we peel back the barriers so we can become the person we truly want to be? Daniel Cohen believes we can, and so do I. I just can't live that truth yet. What I can do, though, on most occasions, is find as much ease in the effort required. For we'll explore that further when we have more time. But remember these words by Daniel, for I think they do help on a major level. On the surface, solitude and loneliness seem similar, but they are in fact quite different. Loneliness is imposed upon us by others, while solitude is chosen by us. So oftentimes, we must track down our own Achilles heel, our own weaknesses. And if we want to better ourselves, we will do everything we can. But what we must not do is mourn the passage of time that it takes, but celebrate the inherent possibilities in the gift of each one of those moments. For moments are all we really ever remember. People may not remember what we say, but they will remember how we make them feel. And I go back to my lovely cashier at Ralph's, who whatever I check out, whatever I have, makes me feel good. And what about 
those dark nights of the soul that Thomas More so beautifully wrote about. We grow from them, not necessarily while we're in them, but when we emerge from them. We must confront moments of personal chaos and darkness and still choose to instill our lives with clarity and light. Again, I said I hate to say it, but it's not as easy. We are tasked though with this mission to see that light and to pass that light on to others. One of the foremost thinkers in this area was Viktor Franklin. I'm sorry, was it Franklin? No. Viktor Frankl, that was his name, Viktor Frankl. Apologize, apologize, I, I, I knew it, Viktor Frankl. And he was an Austrian, an Austrian, I think it was a neurologist or a psychiatrist. I, I think it might've been both even. And he was a well-known Holocaust survivor. And here are some of the things he wrote about in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. When we are no longer able to challenge a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. For everything can be taken from a man or a woman, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. For our greatest freedom is the freedom to choose our attitude. Our challenges are our own self-doubts. Success is not perfection, but the response to failure. If you experience a closed door and a lost opportunity, know that you are being pushed to find another opening in your life that you never thought possible. When you find yourself seemingly off your projected path, rather than mourn, find meaning. My friend, Kamran Kavrani, whose beautiful art you see right behind me, he, loves to combine his art with the words of the great philosopher Rumi. And Rumi says these words, when you do things from your soul, you feel like a river moving in you, filled with joy. We must believe in the innate, latent potential inside of us all for that is where it lies. Cameron's art, for example, is an expression of his gift to the world. I don't know if many people know this or not, but his art has never used a brush. He paints all of his work simply with his hands, and he waits for his hands to feel where the paint must be moved. And if you see some fine lines in his artwork, and I'll put up a few examples so that you can see them, you know they're made with the inside 
of a mango, a mango pit. That's how he does it. Only two things. And yet his art known as abstract romanticism is considered some of the most healing art ever experienced. And that's what we need to do. We must feel that healing experience, whether we are looking at a piece of art, listening to a beautiful piece of music, or sitting with your wife and having a martini. Whatever it takes, we must get there. I'm Barry Kibrick. Until we meet again, if you'd like transcripts of our show, if you'd like podcast information, or if you'd like to contact me directly, just visit my website at barrykibrick.com. And remember, I will always respond if you contact me, and I will do so personally. So remember this, living a life of purpose means knowing that your actions reflect the real you. The gap between who you aspire to be and who you are gets smaller each time. At least that's the objective. I'll see you soon. And until then, aspire and feel the goodness that you really do possess.